to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. So 1 Corinthians 15, we've gone through Holy Week and we've talked about, we've done Good Friday, okay? And we've we've seen Jesus on the cross and we've seen Jesus um, get scourged and 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 placed upon the cross and we've seen um the empty tomb with Easter we celebrated that last Sunday and just the the fact that God raised Jesus he accepted Jesus as the perfect sacrifice as he looked at Jesus and said you are sinless you have died i i accept you as the sacrifice and that's truly when Jesus was risen i mean if again if a, a dead savior doesn't save you know i had said that last week i mean if Jesus was still dead and he had been in that grave then guess what we we don't have a savior today and so as we looked at the empty tomb last week, and well, the story doesn't stop there. And as the Lord just impressed upon me, so many times we get done with Easter, and then we just move on, we're off, off to the races. What's the, where were we at? Oh yeah, we were in this book, and let's just keep on going. And the Lord just kind of impressed upon me, like, well, you know what, there, there's more to the story here. Jesus showed himself, not just to the disciples that day, and not just to the, the women at the tomb. Jesus had many appearances to, to those that are around him. And so that today is what we're going to we're going to talk about today. Today is going to be the resurrection appearances and and so Paul when he's talking to the Corinthians does a great job showing us and he's talking to them and and let's turn there 1 Corinthians verse 1 it says moreover brethren I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain for I delivered to, to you, first of all, that which also I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. And if we stop there, that's the first thing that we talked about, right? We talked about Easter, and that's the message right there. It's the fact that we all know that Jesus died a, a, a sinless person, that he, he, he didn't die as a sinner. Jesus died as, as the perfect sacrifice for us. And he says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. Again, this isn't, wasn't something that just would just happen, that, hey, let's just throw Christ up on the cross. and let, No, remember, we talked about it. It's just, this has been prophet, prophesied all throughout the entire Scripture. God had had this plan that he had going along that he said, look, I understand that there needs to be a perfect sacrifice. And therefore, Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. And that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And so Paul now is looking back and saying, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing you back to what happened there is that, that Jesus died. And as we talked about that on Good Friday and that he rose again and now it's the Easter message. And so Paul says, look, I've already, we're, we're kind of going back. And if you believe these things, these are the things that I told you. These are the things that I brought to you. Paul, again, not being Paul then, Paul was Saul at that time, remember? And after Jesus had died, Saul, the Pharisee, was still going out there and he was killing people and he was just ripping families apart. And that was Saul. Well, then something amazing happened and Jesus said, look, he came to him on the road and we'll get to that shortly. Of look, what are you doing here? You're, 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 you're beating and you're hurting the church. Jesus shows himself to, to Paul, changes his name to Paul and says, look, you're doing the wrong thing here. 
Paul says, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. This is I, I, I've desired to follow Scripture and I desired to follow God. And, and, and as he looks back, he says, this is the very thing that I brought to you guys. I understand the Scripture. I understand the Old Testament. I understand of what God's plan was. I just didn't see that it was Christ. And when he looks at the Corinthians, Corinthians, he's talking to them, he says, look, this is the very thing that I brought to you. I understand those things better than anybody. And when Jesus showed himself to me, this is the very Christ and the very plan that God that I brought to you guys. And he moves on and he says, and that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. And Cephas, we know, is, is, is Peter. And then he says, and I brought to you and I showed him to the twelve. Now, some of you might look at that and go, the twelve? There's not 12. Don't you remember Judas kind of like skedaddled on him and it was 11? Well, it, it was 11 and you're going to see 11 mentioned as well sometimes here through too. But the 12 is, is probably, you know, this is written after the book of Acts. And if you guys remember at one point after they did this, they had the 11, Jesus comes, sees them and they say, you know what? We need to have still the 12 disciples here. And then they, they, they have another disciple. And they, they vote them in, they bring them in. And so Paul is probably looking backwards and saying the 12, okay? So don't get caught up on that. Sometimes people like to do that and say, oh, well, there's an error in scripture. It's just, it's just conversation. He's just giving the, 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 looking at this and saying, I recognize the 12 because that's the, that's the apostles that I know. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the be, to be present, but some have fallen asleep, meaning that they have died. And after that, he was seen by James, then by also the, the by all the apostles, and then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time, one born out of a due time, saying he wishes that he was born back in that time so that he could have been part of that. He says, "Man, I was born out of time. I wasn't part of that." Kind of like we would look at it too and say, "Man, it would have been great to be one of the the apostles." Man, I was just born out of time. It would have been great, you know. Sometimes you you like '30s or '40s music, you know, you like the old big band. I like big band music and stuff like that. I don't think I was born out of time, but but I like that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, it would have been great to be, you know, listen to that kind of music. I was just I was born in my time, you know. I was born in the wrong time. I got all this junky rap and hard rock nowadays that I don't like and, and all that kind of stuff. But so this is the basis of what we're going to look at is as Paul sets it up and says, look, this is the timeline. This is the timeline of the different re- resurrection appearances. And so what this does is this lines us up to say, hey Kevin, Paul is using this to say, look, this is the this is the proof of all these different people that Jesus saw. Okay, so it would be weird if you went to a court of law and said, well, you know, I was really only seen by a couple women. Again, we know women's testimony back at that time really wasn't the best thing to have because they didn't believe that they were worth anything. And then, well, his disciples were the only ones that saw him as well. Well, no, Paul's saying, look, I've got a slew of different events that I can point to that can prove that Jesus was actually seen after he rose from the grave. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to jump back and do that. So from here, we're going to go over to Luke uh, 24, verse 34. Luke 24, verse 34. And this is going to be a really easy one, okay? There's going to be nine different events that we're going to go to. So we're going to jump around a lot today. This is more of a historical teaching than a, you know, a fire and brimstone kind of pastor teaching today. Um so this is going to be more history today. This is like going to Bible college, okay? So Luke 24, verse 34, and you should be kind of close to there. I told you to have like a little something in there. So, And it's one verse, okay? Because why? Because he says he was seen by, by Cephas, right? So verse, 20, 30, verse 34 here says, saying that the Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. 
Okay, he appeared himself to Simon. So he came and he appeared himself to him. You're like, well, Kevin, that's like kind of a weird verse there just to kind of throw in there. We'll see that, but that's the first person that he had shown himself to. Okay, again, we're not going to go over the women because we kind of did that last week. I'm not discounting their, their testimony. We talked about them last week as they were actually the first ones to see him, right? Remember, he had, they come to the grave and they say they brought their stuff and then they're, oh my goodness, the, the stone is rolled away and now they're nervous and they're scared and Jesus shows himself to them. Remember all that kind of, we talked about that last week. So the women are the first ones to see him. So now we're going post-women as far as the resurrection appearance. The first one that he showed himself to is Simon, Okay, and I we'll get to that in a second of why, but it's just interesting that that's the first person that he went and saw. Well, the second person that he went and saw, we're going to go back into still in Luke twenty four. We're going to go to verse thirteen, and we're going to read quite a bit here. So you're going to have to apologize. I apologize in advance for my my reading skills here this morning. We're going to do a lot of reading. We're actually going to read thirteen through thirty three. So we're going to bring it up to that point. So the second person that he appears to is uh, is Cleopas. It's Cleopas, I believe is how it's pronounced. I did my blue letter Bible study last night for my wife. It's Cleopas here. Okay, so that's the, and his companion, that's the first person. So that set the stage. Jesus has died. Okay, Jesus is resurrected at this point. And if you, if we did actually Luke 24 last week is what we read, 1, 1 through 12. And so as he moves into verse 13, okay, Christ appears on the road to, uh, Emmaus. Okay, to Emmaus. And so it says, Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, this is important for you guys to understand this. Seven miles? You're like, well, it's seven miles. That's what, seven minutes? I mean, get on 75 and you just shoot up there. and you're No, no, no. no. But then you, you walked. Okay, so they've got their, their sandals on, their Nike sandals, and they're, they're walking there, okay, for seven miles. So that doesn't happen. How fast does it take you to walk seven miles? Okay, if it was a straight road... It might be easier, but again, these are times where you've maybe got some mountains, you've got some movement, so it takes a little bit of, this is an investment of time to walk seven miles back in the day. So you're talking probably a few hours is doing this. So, and they talk together of all these things which had just happened, just happened. So again, this is, this is the resurrection day of what had just happened. So it was while they were conversed and, and re- reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. So Jesus, they're walking, the two of them are walking along, all of a sudden Jesus just comes alongside of them. But he makes it to a point where they don't really see him. Something happens with Jesus where he just kind of either, you know, diminish, diminishes their eyesight a little bit, maybe he changes it up a little bit. Something happens there, because you would think that, you know, they would have known us the scars, they would have known something about Jesus, being followers of Jesus, they knew who he looked like and all that, but something happened there where he said, you know what, I'm going to make it so you don't know who I am. So he comes alongside of them, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? And they said, then, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our, our rulers delivered him to be condemned to the death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to be redeemed Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. And yes, certain women of our, of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. And when they said they did not find his body and they became saying that he had been, one, had been seen in a vision of angels and, and said he was alive. 
And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said. I can't believe it. But they, they did not see him. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? So Jesus is kind of saying, look here, it, what are you guys talking about? Don't you understand what the prophet said here? Don't you understand that he had to go to his glory? I mean, Jesus is kind of, again, trying to lay it out to these people, okay? And saying, look, do you, you guys were with me. You guys talked to me. We talked about these things. Why are we having such a hard time here? So he tells them this, and and the beginning, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the, the things concerning himself. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? It's, it's great to go to, Steve and I were just talking a little while ago that, you know, one of the benefits of, you know, going to the men's study or even in the past when we had Wednesday, Wednesday night studies is, you know, Pastor Don would sit there on Wednesday nights and we would just pick a book and we would just kind of go through it. And you could sit there and ask Don any question that you wanted to. Okay, and he's not like the kind of pastor that's going to give you like two sentences and kind of move on to something else because he wants to get on. And Don is like, you know, exhaustive. Thirty minutes later, you have the entire understanding of everything that brought it up to that point. I mean, that's really cool, is it not? So you've got that. But can you imagine sitting in a Bible study with Jesus? Okay, so Jesus is, you know, it says in John, he was there in the beginning, correct? So you've got Jesus sitting with these dudes, and he's sitting there. Look, look, let's go back to Moses, and he starts just telling them everything about the scripture bringing them up to all about him so you've got jesus just completely with authority and understanding of everything that's happening that's a bible study so you've got jesus just pouring into them and then they're sitting there and they're like man this is the most amazing bible study i've ever i mean this is like the ones we used to have with jesus i mean you think at some point they would have picked on here but but they didn't but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for, for it is evening, and the, and the day is, is far spent, and, and we went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, and, and he took bread, and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So they sit there, and they look at him, and say, Wow, you know, it, it's getting late. And I think also they were probably like, Man, I don't want this guy to leave. I mean, this is really good stuff. And they're like, Hey, man, it's getting late. Why don't you just kind of, why don't you just kind of spend the night and stay here with us? Why don't you just kind of hang? And they go, all right, let's, let's do that. And so then they break bread and then he just makes his appearance known to them. And they're like, what? This is Christ. This is unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine sitting there? You've just gone through the sorrow of what, again, the, just the emotion of everything that's been happening. We've talked about that with Good Friday and Holy Week. We've talked about that with Easter. And now you've got these guys that are just trying to deal with what's been going on. They're sad. You know, he talks about, what, why are you guys so sad? And they just start, you know, Jesus is gone. And we thought he was the one. And they're just so sad. And then now all of a sudden, Jesus disappears. He shows himself and he's gone. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. And then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, they looked at each other, and said, Did our heart not burn within us while he talked, and with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very next hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven of those who were with them, and gathered together. So immediately they get back up. Now it's been late, okay? Now do you typically travel at nighttime during those times? No. I mean, there's, there's robbers. There's, there's not like the police force that's out there. I mean, you're, you're taking your life, but they're like, man, we, we gotta go tell the eleven. The eleven, okay? The eleven. Why? Cause Judas is no longer there. Like, we gotta go back to the eleven. We gotta tell them what happened. So they get there, and that's where we were just at in verse 34, saying, and they got there and said, gathered to them and saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. 
So they're like, look, we just saw him, and evidently some kind of conversation happened here, and he said, and he appeared to Simon as well. So that's the second appearance. So you've got, you got Simon seeing him, you've got the two guys that are walking to Emmaus, and then now you move on to... Christ appears to the 11 disciples minus Thomas. Okay, remember the doubting Thomas? You guys have heard that before. So we're going to move to the right to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 19. So this is going to be the third appearance. <laughs> John chapter 20, verse 19. If you're taking note, this is also shown in Luke. Like we could have con- continued with with Luke. I just want to make you guys move. No, I'm just kidding. I just uh, this one gives a little bit more color as far as what's going on here. So Luke 20 verse 19. Also, it's in Luke where we were just at 36 through 43. Okay, but we're in John chapter 20 verse 19. It picks up here. It says, "Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when when the doors were shut." where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, the first thing I wanted you guys to notice is that these these doors that are being barred are not like just like, like they turned the lock on there. I mean, they're, they're, they're deathly afraid. Okay, we talked about this last week too. They, are, they, don't, they don't know what's going to happen. I mean, their entire world is completely turned upside down. Their entire world, this is Jesus that they've been, they've been following. This is my rabbi. This is the, and now the priests have, have moved the law and, and changed things up so, in such a wrong way that they actually had Jesus killed. They know the law. They know that that was, that was outside of what should have been able to happen. So they're thinking in their minds, man, if Jesus got killed, the Pharisees got that, man, anything could happen to me, right? I mean, right now, uh, if somebody barged in the door and then they come and they arrest you, Kevin, that's that's hate speech. You know, you got to go to jail. Um, all of a sudden, you guys are going to be like, dude, could could that happen to me now? I mean, is, is that really going to happen to me? And then a couple days later, you see Kevin get killed, and you're like, whoa, you know what? What is going on? I mean, is it really that for to be a Christian, I'm going to get killed? I mean, it's that kind of thing where they're sitting there looking and go, I, I I don't know what's going to happen. So it's understandable that they've got these things barred up, but it's it's out of fear. And Jesus walks in there and the first thing that he says to them, he says, hey, peace be with you. Why? Because they just saw somebody walk in. I mean, and how, how did you get in here? Oh, wait, guys, peace be with you. Hey, just just calm down. And then so when he said this, he, he showed them his hands and his side. And, and, and the disciples were glad that they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said to them, peace to you as, as the Father has sent me. I also send you. And when he said this to them, he he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see him in his hands at the print of the nails and put my finger to the print of the nails and put my hand onto his side, I will not believe. So there's a lot here to kind of digest real quickly as we go through this. So the first one was peace. He, he, when he comes in, he says peace to them. Notice again, he doesn't rebuke them. Okay, if you guys remember last week, what happened when Jesus was was arrested? Did they rise up and stay next to him and, and follow him into the courtyards? And No, they scattered. The Bible says they scattered. They deserted Jesus. This, this person that they loved, that they cared for, that was their teacher, that was their, their, con- I mean, they, they, they loved him so much and they were so scared of what had happened. They just scattered. They took off. 
And so he walks in the door and, and I'm sure some of them are thinking, one, wow, you know, Jesus is here. And then, oh, wait, Jesus is here. And he says, look, guys, I'm not here to judge you. I, I knew it. Remember, God, I, I predicted it. I pre- you guys were going to be gone. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset with you for something that I already knew was going to happen. I, I'm here because I love you and, and, I, and I'm giving you peace here. I'm not here to rebuke you at this moment. The next thing that you see here, he says, it shows him his hands and his side. You know, we talk about, you know, it probably wasn't here, you know, I mean, you see that sometimes. It probably was kind of like in this area because there's a, a bone that is a, actually able to grasp on here. It would have just ripped out. I mean, you guys know there's nothing in here to hold on. So it's probably in here. So he shows them this. And, and, and again, I don't think this is a misinterpretation of scripture, just a, a description of an area. You know, I don't think it has to say, well, it was two centimeters up from his, you know, wrist area. And, and two, you know, I mean, at some point you just understand that this is my, this is my hand, you know. And so again, as he shows him his hand here, and, and more importantly, he shows him the side. You know, again, when he was up on the on the cross, and the, the, the he got he got speared in the side, and then the fluid came out. And he said, "Look, this this is me. This is it. This is my this is my this is my ID for you guys." And he tells him also. He said, "Look, my my father has sent me, and so now as 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 Jesus, the Son of God, I, I send you." And I think that's important for us to remember is that he's starting to lay the groundwork here for them to understand that, look, I had a purpose. I came down to earth and I, and I walked with you and I taught you and I was your teacher for three and a half years and I, I poured everything that I had into you for three and a half years. I mean, and I knew when my time was coming. I knew that Holy Week was coming and I, and I just, un, I gave you everything I got. I left and I was, I was done and then I gave up my spirit. I was tired. I gave you everything. You know, God had sent me and, and now that I've poured into you guys, I look at you guys and man, I, I, I send you. Why? Because I'm not here anymore. And I need you 11 to change the world. And I think that they did. I mean, you take these 11 guys and you see this, how the, the course of history is completely changed because of 11 guys. You know, Pastor Don used that before too, is that, you know, with 11 guys, Jesus changed the world. With this church this morning, we don't have 300. We don't have 100. It's not about the numbers as far as the... It's 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 who we have. Are you willing to change the world? Are we willing to sit in this room and go, you know, there's 40 of us or whatever that's in here. Are we are we, we 40 ready to change the world? Are we ready to, to catch that fire of what Jesus has said to me? I, I, I send you guys out now to go change the world. And whatever, whatever area that you're in that, that I'm not in, whatever job that you're in, I'm not at that job. Whatever family you're in, I'm not part of that family. Well, that family. Whatever school you're in, I'm definitely not in school. Are you ready to change the world for Christ? Because Jesus says, I, I send you now. It's your turn. The next thing he says here, he says, I, I, I receive the Holy Spirit. I, I breathe into you. Some people will say that this is a, a symbolic term here, that he, it just is symbolic of, of what's coming at Pentecost. And, um, I, I'm not of that, that, that department. I don't think many of us are here, but, um, I, I believe if, if, if God says to receive something, you, you receive it. And when he says to, to, to breathe, that you breathe it in. The breathe in here is only used one other time in Scripture. It's in, it's in Genesis, and it's when, when God gives life to Adam. He gives life to Adam. 
And I think on this time, it's, it's turning it around and now it's a, it's a spiritual, he's given spiritual life to these disciples. I think they're saved at this moment. You know, you say, well, Kevin, weren't they saved already? I mean, they walked with Jesus all those years. I mean, if anybody should have been saved, they should have been saved, you know. Well, no. There was no saving to be done at that time. Jesus was still alive. How could he save them? Remember, he had to die and rise again for there to be a, 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 a Savior to be able to save them. So now that Jesus has, has, has died, he's risen, and now when he says, look, man, you're saved. I think that that's what happens here. And he, he breathes in an internal life, a spirituality. Now, I think that, and we won't get it to it today, as we'll come right up next to it, is um, there is a time when they, you know, at, at, um, at, the, the, the Spirit will come in and, and they will be in, in, in infused with a, an ability to, to just do supernatural things for Jesus. And there's a, a baptism almost of the Holy Spirit that comes upon them and, and you'll, you'll see that and, and, and you'll see the, the, what happens shortly after that is you'll see like Peter, remember Peter just kind of in between of things of what he was doing and he just has this amazing and Peter actually stands and gives the first altar call and thousands of people come forward. You see Peter just, just, excuse me, on fire for, for God and just knows supernaturally what to say and he just rises up and, and just leads the first altar call and, and thousands of people come forward. I think that's the, what happened there too is that, you know, sometimes in our lives, you know, the, the Spirit is what is, is, comes upon you to be able to give you the ability. It's not, it's not, not sometimes, it's, it's what has to happen. If we try to do it within our own ability, within our own flesh, well then I'm gonna fall short. Well, Kevin, I'm, I'm nervous. Kevin, I'm scared. I, I, Kevin, I don't feel qualified. Well, none of us are qualified, correct? I, you say, well, you, you kind of are. Well, no, it's not, it's, again, it's not me. It's, it's the spirit that comes upon you that, that makes it, you capable and able to do the things that he's called you to do. Where you're like, wow, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Well, I do. It came from the Holy Spirit that just came down and just used, you used your mouth to be able to do the things that he wanted to have said. Same thing happened with Peter. So again, here, this, I, I don't think it's a symbolic th- term, um, and, and, you know, there's smarter guys than me out there who believe that, but, um, I think they're wrong. So anyways. So anyway, so that's her, the third thing there. So now we've got that day there, okay? And so now eight days later, after eight days, so Jesus has just kind of been hanging around doing his thing, and so he, he, he says, hey, look, um, we're gonna move on in same chapter, same, area right there and so after eight days later we move into verse 26 and it says and after eight days wow that that timeline is set perfectly for us right the disciples were again inside same place and thomas with them jesus came in the doors being shut and stood in the midst of them and said peace to you now again to me it's kind of interesting and i think that this is kind of a fault to the disciples of why are they still barred in why are they, they still, they're still shut in. They're still, they're still scared. Now they've actually had been in the presence of Jesus. They know that he's risen. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think they should be out going, just going through the streets going, man, he is risen. I can't believe it. I saw Jesus right there in the side and I can't believe our Lord is risen. I mean, they should just be going crazy. Should they not? I mean, but, but they're not. <laughs> okay. They're just, Guys, and so they're doing whatever they're doing here. They're just, they're shut inside. They're all locked up and Jesus walks in again. You know, look, I don't need a door. I just walk through the walls or however he does it and says again, peace be to you. And he goes in verse 27 and says, then he said to Thomas, see again, now he's not coming back for the 11, to, the other 10 to talk to them. He, he's got one guy that said, man, I need some proof. 
You know, I, I need to, I need to touch something. I need, need to know that it's really him. I don't, I don't trust your word. I don't trust the, the ladies. You know, I don't trust any of that kind of stuff. I need to, I need, I need proof. And she says, fine, I'll, I'll give you proof. And he, he said, right, he walks right over to Tom and says, hey, reach, reach your finger in here and look into my hands and, and reach in your hand here and put it into my side and, and do not unbelieving, but I'm sorry, I'm just going to mess that up. Do, do not be unbelieving, but be, but believing. Okay. They should have put, but be believing, but believing there. Okay. Do not be unbelieving, be believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. And, and that's going to be us. So Jesus sits there and looks at it and goes, man, guys, listen, I, I, I've given you guys the privilege of being able to see me, but, but not everybody's going to have that privilege. Some people are going to have to have the privilege of saying, look, by faith that I will follow you. By faith, we follow him, correct? Has anybody seen Jesus? I haven't seen Jesus. You know, I've seen Jesus things and, and actions and, and things like that. I believe that I've heard God call me to do different things. And I believe that, I, I mean, that's, that's, I've, I haven't seen Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I, I haven't got to do, put my hand in his, in his, uh, his, my finger in his hand and, and touch his side. I, but Jesus says, Hey, look, man, I'm just telling you, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. And that's us. Okay. So what was that? Far off? Yeah. Mr. LaPointe, whenever Mr. LaPointe talks, I listen, so, because typically it's scripture verse, so. So anyway, so, so he moves on, so he sits there and he says, look, I'm just telling you right now, this is for you, Thomas, that I came back today. I came to you. I didn't have to come to them because they already saw me. So now over the next couple, few weeks, okay, so now we've gone from the day that it happened, we've got those guys, we've got the 11, then we've got eight days later, we've got him coming back just to talk to Thomas. Okay, so now over the next few weeks, we're going to have a few more. So we've already gone over four. So now he's going to appear to the seven disciples, okay, the seven disciples. So we're going to stay in John, John chapter 21, verse 1, and I'm going to read quite a bit here again too. So now we're actually in Galilee, okay, so, and the reason that we're in Galilee if you guys remember last week's service, is that um, in Matthew 28, verse 9, um, the, the ladies, the women told them that, hey, look, Jesus told me, he gave me a special word for you guys, okay? And then he told me that you guys, the disciples need to go to Galilee because he's going to meet you there. Okay, so they, being great guys that they were, they didn't leave till like eight days later, right? Cause it, so they just stayed in town and barred up. But Jesus told them, hey, look, go to Galilee, okay? The great listeners that they were, they didn't leave immediately. They stayed in town. And so eventually they make it their way to, to Galilee over the next couple of weeks, okay? So now they're there. This is where we're at. So after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in the way he showed himself, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. <laughs> and they said to him, uh, we're going to go with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. So what they're doing is they're just sitting around, and they're just kind of hanging and, and doing what guys do. And then finally, they're just tired of waiting. And you can see Peter being this kind of person where he's like, you know what, dude? i, I got to do something. I just can't sit here and do absolutely nothing. So you know what? What do fishermen do? They fish. Let's go. Let's go ahead out and let's go on the boat, and let's just get away for a little bit, and let's let's go fishing. Uh, so they caught nothing that night. And so, but verse four says, but when the morning had now come and Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. 
And then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast the net. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And therefore, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John being, you know, completely humble, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And he's, and now when Simon Peter heard that it is the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. And the other disciples came in little, came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw the fire coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And Simon Peter went up and, and dragged the net to the land, and full of large fish, 153. And although there was so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, Come, eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. And Jesus then came and, and took the bread and, and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. And this is how, now the third time the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. We're going to continue on here too because I could stop there, but there's a really cool area with him and Peter and you guys kind of know that. But the interesting thing here is that, you know, Jesus comes out there and he's, he look, look, I called you guys to come here, but what are you guys doing out there? And so they're out there and they're fishing and we all know that he jokes, you know, Casting on the other side. Well, the fish are on the same on both sides, you would think. So they get all these fish, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And then Peter being Peter, you know, just dives into the waters. I'm going to get to Jesus first. And they get up there, and Jesus is just sitting there. He's got some fish going, and he's got everything. He's, he's just ready for breakfast. He's like, guys, this is what I wanted to do anyways. I just wanted to hang with you and, and kind of pour into you again before I, I go back up into heaven. And so Jesus takes his time. And so now I think the purpose of what he wanted to, to restore Peter and we move into verse 15. It says, And so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, Yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you. And, and he said to them, Feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, And Simon, son of Judah, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, and do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And most assuredly, I say to you, when, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you um, where you do not wish I think this is an important part here too, and this gets back to what Christine was talking about during worship. Is you know sometimes it, I, I think the beautiful thing here is that Jesus Jesus had unfinished business. Okay, Jesus again on the cross. What does Jesus do? Jesus you know asks the Father to forgive those that are they don't they don't know what they're doing. God, they're just caught up in this this mob mentality and they're just screaming and yelling and they don't even know what they're doing. God, and Jesus still on the cross and he just ministers and he's. He gets a thief saved and it just, again, he just dying on a cross, you know, barely is coherent as far as what's going on. And somebody gets saved while he's up on the cross. And I think, you know, Jesus looks at Peter and, and, and again, as I've talked about in the past, I think Peter again gets a bad rap. You know, we, we always make fun of Peter of his brashness and his, his goofball statements and you're just like, oh my gosh, if anybody's going to say something stupid, it's going to be Peter. 
But Peter, again, Peter is just an amazing man. Again, I say, who, how many people have walked on water? How many people were actually were willing to take something out and to defend Jesus? How many people have that, that, that ability just to rise up and to go and do it? And what Jesus was always trying to teach Peter is that, look, there, there needs to be some self-control within it, when who you are. Peter, I, I love you. And I, I love the things that you do. And I love just the moments that you'll just say something. And I'm like, remember, that, that didn't come from you, Peter. That came from the, the throne of God. I mean, just the insights that Peter had at times. And, and so as Jesus is heading back and he knows, man, Peter, Peter's had a rough, has had a rough time here. Peter said, I'll never leave you. And Jesus basically confronts him and says, man, three times tonight, you're going to deny me. Oh, that never happened. Okay. I'm just telling this is going to happen. And when he denied him the third time and he looks up and Jesus is looking right at him, I, I think at that moment was probably the, the bottom point of Peter's life. And maybe you've had that experience too, where you've just done something so bad and you're like, man, Lord, I, I, I can't believe that I just did that. And you look up at Jesus and he's, you just feel like God's looking at you that moment and you're like, Lord, I am so sorry. I, I can't believe that. And Peter is just in the, in the dumps of life. And I, I think, you know, Jesus started it with trying to restore that. And he said, Hey, look, tell the disciples and Peter that I have rose. I think he comes to Peter first. Why? Because I think he's trying to build that relationship back and, and try to bring Peter back to restoration. And I think when he purposes to come here to Galilee, I think the purpose, one of them was, I, I need to talk to Peter. You see, because Peter, Peter needs to be restored here. Peter needs to understand, look, when I ask you the third, three times, do you love me? Peter gets it immediately. Peter understands, man, you're, you're asking me three times because Lord, I, <laughs> Lord, don't you know I love you? Hey, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I think Peter maybe had some tears coming down, some allergies kicked in or something, and, and he had just, just tears coming down his face. As he looked at the Lord and said, God, I, Jesus, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm just so excited for you and I'm just so excited for this ministry and I'm so excited for just the things that you have done. And I, God, I, I know you're Lord. I know you. I know it's you. God, I'm so sorry. And Jesus says, I, Peter, I know. Peter, I love you too. I just, I just want you to, to just feed my sheep. Peter, can you do that for me, please? Oh, God, Jesus, I'll do anything for you. But I think at that moment, the, the, the humbleness has entered his life. I think the, the brashness is gone of Peter. I, I think the excitement there is still there. I think the, the, the energy that Peter has always brought was there. Again, I don't, I don't think that the Lord looks at you and says, look, I need to, to tailor you down into, you know, the cookie cutter Christian. You know, we're not all cookie cutter Christians in here. We're not. Why? Because we all have different talents. Some people want to be boisterous and be out there and be seen, and some people don't want to be seen, and I want to do some stuff in the background. Well, guess what? We need all those different people. And so God says, look, I'm going to use your talent of what you have, but man, I need you to do it with a with a humble heart. And again, as I said, you're, you're going to see at Pentecost, what happens is Peter, after Pentecost, Peter still uses that excitement. And still uses that exuberance, and he's the one that stands up and leads thousands to, to the Lord. Why? Because he had the ability. God, Jesus looked at him and said, "Man, I just need a humble heart." 
so he comes here he he has reconciliation with peter brings him back into the fold let's move over to matthew should be to the left matthew 28 this will be the sixth appearance that we're going to talk about matthew 28 verse 16 This is going to be the appearance to the disciples in a large gathering, okay? And we see this in 1 Corinthians, but what Paul had just talked about, that he spoke to over 500 people. This is probably that gathering that we're talking about there. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, we were already there from the other the other scripture that we just read, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them to go to. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Okay, so some doubted. So the important thing here for me was, was one is, um, this is possibly the 500 that we've got here as far as the, the worshiping him. And, or, and, and also for you guys, you know, again, I, I think it's important and, and we, you don't have to just worship when you come on Sunday morning. I, I think they do a great job. Okay, I, I, I love the way that they play. I love that we have interchangeable parts that, that do this. You know, to, to worship God doesn't mean that you come to church on Sunday morning and you worship for the 20 or 25 minutes that they come up here and they lead you in a time of worship. Worship can be done by song. You can just sit there and have Joy FM on there or Spirit FM or 104.3. You know, when they don't have the teachings, they have some music. And you can just, you can just listen to music. You can go to Pandora or however your flavor is as far as, and just listen and worship to God. There are songs that come on that, man, that just, that just bring tears to my eyes because I just feel like I'm in the presence of God at that moment. You just sit there and you're just like, oh Lord, I just, I love praising you and worshiping you. You know, you can, you don't have to sing a song. You can just go for a walk and you can notice the different things. You can like po- be like Pooh Bear in a, in a train and go in tree, you know, and a fence. And, and just look at the creation of what God has. Anybody see Christopher Robin? Sorry. Yeah, a couple of you guys. Thank you. So they got my joke. The rest of you didn't. Anyway, so so you can just look at the creation that God has made and go, man, Lord, that's a beautiful tree. How did you make that tree? How did you design to make that one different than the same exact one that's next to it? But it's... It just looks different. And all the different birds that are out there, you know, listen in the morning time and once they start waking up and all the different chaos that's outside and all the different birds have different noises. And I mean, just sitting out there and listening to just God's creation and just worshiping and and just glorying in the things that he has done. You know, worship doesn't have to be just on Sunday morning. Worship should be just all the time. And just taking it in and giving glory back to God for the things that he's created and he's done. And I think it's most wonderful that they get together and they get to see him. And then they, when they saw him, they worshipped him. Oh, Lord, it is great to see you. I'm so excited. It's just amazing that, man, we were just on the roller coaster of, of ups and downs. And, and God, just to see you here, Jesus, is just, it's fantastic. I'm just excited. We'll move into the Great Commission, but we're going to come back to that at another point here. The seventh appearance is, is appears to James, his brother. That's in, we see that in 1 Corinthians 15, 7. You guys should really know this at this point, correct? You guys know this? You know? He's, James is his, his half brother, remember? That book that we just studied for the last six months. And so James, he comes to James and he says, remember that? He just, James wasn't a follower of his. And then Jesus comes back and like I said, I think that James just dropped to his knees. You know, he, he purposed to see certain people. 
He purposed to see Peter. He purposed to see the eleven. He purposed to come back to doubting Thomas. And, and then he purposes to come back to see his brother. Just, that's just awesome, isn't it? Not that, that he, he could have just, hey, yeah, say hi to James for me, man. <laughs> I wonder if he believes in me now. Jesus, no, that's not Jesus' heart. That would have been my heart. But Jesus says, no, James, buddy, how are you doing? They probably hug and then they just cry on each other for a little while and they just love on each other. James had a great service record for the Lord. Well, on the 40th day, okay, you're like, wow, we're kind of cruising here. So on the 40th day, let's go over to Acts real quick. Acts chapter 1. Everybody following along and makes sense? Is it hot in here or is it just me? Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 3, it starts off in. Um, says, to whom he, he also presented himself. Okay, so this is, Jesus is going to ascend into heaven at this moment. It says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by him, by them during the 40 days and speaking of things uh, pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them. And he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Talking about Pentecost that's coming up in about 10 days. And therefore, when, when they said, come together, and they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? See, again, they're still looking at him and saying, Lord, we're, we're, we're still just a little confused on what's happening here. Are, are you, are you, okay, you're the Savior, but but are we? Are you going to be the king of this kingdom? Are you going to restore Israel? I mean, we're we're waiting, man. We want the days of David again and Solomon. We want to be a, a great nation. And and God, we're just Jesus. We're just a little confused here. I, I don't think that they came to him with brashness, like, "Hey, man, are you going to be the king or not?" You know what's going on here. I think they're just they're they're sincerely just coming to him and saying, "God, Jesus, um, is this the time that you're going to do this?" And he said that it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so Jesus doesn't answer it with a with a with a worldly answer. They ask him a worldly question. He answers it with a spiritual answer. He doesn't rebuke them. Again, as you'll see this, Jesus is not in a point of rebuking in these times when he comes back. I mean, he could have rebuked the disciples. He could have rebuked his brother. You know, he jokes a little bit, I think, with Thomas. I don't think he really rebukes him there. He doesn't rebuke the disciples here, too. He doesn't He doesn't give them a hard time. He just, again, look, I'm trying to get your focus back on what we're doing here. I mean, literally, I'm about to go to heaven. I need you guys to understand this. That, look, there's the, it's not for you to know the times. Okay, I, what I need you to do is focus on what Father's called you to do. But listen, this is the good news, though, is that I, I'm gonna, you're gonna receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I promised you when I left that, man, there, I'm just gonna leave you a counselor. Well, that's the Holy Spirit, and He's the third person of God is just gonna come down, and He's gonna be with you. He's gonna help you with all these things that that to be a witness to me, to be a martyr, basically. He's I, I, everywhere that you go through all the world. I'm calling you guys to go through all the world and do this. Literally, I'm getting ready to go on a train. I gotta catch a bus and I need you guys to get this. 
I need you guys to understand this. Very soon, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And now when he had spoken these few things to them, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And I think that they just looked up and, I mean, how amazing is that, is it not? I mean, so, so not only so you saw Jesus die and you're just like, I mean, these guys probably need psychologists at this point. So they've seen God, Jesus die. They see him rise again. I've, I've put my hands in his, his, my fingers in his hands and his side. He's, he's supposed to be dead, but I've seen him like three or four times now. And, and now, did he just go into the clouds? I, what is it that we're doing here? I mean, how do you process that? You know, honestly. When I looked steadfastly toward heaven, as, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them, and white appeared. Who also said, Men of Galilee, guys, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so these angels sit there, and they come alongside him and go, What are you guys looking at? Well, dude, Jesus just went up there, man, I... I've never seen anything like that before. You know, I mean, there's no planes, there's no nothing. I've seen a bird fly. But Jesus just went up in that cloud, and and he's he's gone. And these angels say, "Hey, look, man, don't worry about it." It's the same way that Jesus went up there, he's going to come back for you one day. And it's kind of like a nudge of like, look, you know, didn't he just tell you guys to go do something? Don't you guys need to go do something now? I mean, you're, Jesus is gone. He's going to come back likewise for you someday. But in the meantime, I need you to go and do the ministry that he's called you to do. It's very important for us to remember, too. Extra credit, one other time. Does anybody know? Extra credit, one other time. He actually mentioned it in 1 Corinthians. Acts 9, 1 through 9. It's when Jesus actually appears to Saul, turns him into Paul. And when he stops him on the road and says, well, you know, why are you kicking against the goads, man? What, what are you doing here? Well, you know... I'm just trying to serve your church. You know, well, you're killing my church. You need to stop it. You know, you can turn around and, and start doing it. It's just amazing that, and Paul goes on and talks about that too is, is in, in, in 1 Corinthians. We're not going to go back there, but turn real quick back over to Matthew 28. We're going to close up here. So those are nine times, not including the ladies, the women had seen him post-resurrection. I think the, the the application then for for me today is you know if you go on from Matthew twenty eight we were in sixteen and seventeen when you go into verse eighteen and nineteen and, and you guys know this this area of scripture and says then Jesus came and spoke to them um, saying all authority has has been given to me in heaven and on earth in verse nineteen it says go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Amen. And, and so that's that's not just the disciples' charge. It, it, it's our charge as well. You know, as, as we've gone over the last couple weeks here with, with Holy Week and, 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 and Good Friday, and we've gone through Easter, and, and now as we've kind of looked at, the, you know, the, the, the resurrection time of, of Jesus and his being seen, I think it's important for us to realize that, that there's a job to be doing. For us not to be like the disciples, just looking up into the clouds and just wondering, oh, Lord, when are you going to come back? Oh, Lord, I'm having a hard day today. When Jesus, when are you going to come back? You know, just, just, just sitting there and doing nothing. Oh, Lord, when are you going to come back? Oh, God, I wish you'd come back today. 
Oh Lord, where are you at? I mean, it's the same thing as the disciples is, is being stuck where you're at. God didn't call us to be stuck. God called us to action. God called us to, to, to use the, the Holy Spirit that He's given us to empower us to go into all the world and be His disciples. Now, that doesn't mean that you literally have to go get on a plane and go leave. The world is your neighborhood. The world is your family. I mean, there are some people who generally have a calling to go overseas, and that's great. If the Lord has called you to go and do something, you need to obey the Lord and go and do that. But the Lord has called you to make disciples. The Lord has called you to get outside of your comfort zone and go and do something for Him. The Lord hasn't called us to be sitting here just waiting for him to come back. Lord hasn't called us to barricade ourselves within our house and separate ourselves from the world to where nobody sees what a Christian is like. Don't allow your your sins of the past to to stop you like Peter and and to know that you you are restored. If you come before the Lord and you ask for forgiveness and you lay your sins down at his feet and you genuinely lay them at his feet, man, those things are washed, washed away. They're gone. You're restored. Get back up and go and do the work that God's called you to do. It's not our point to sit here and just, one, be be stagnant in what our sins that we've committed. We've all committed them. You not be stagnant and just waiting for God to come back or be nervous or worried or, or just to stop doing. Live. I'm telling you guys, live. Live for Jesus today. And then when you get done with today, live for Jesus tomorrow. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.